0: First, let me tell you about Barrel Buddy. Um, Barrel Buddy is a way—I mean, my wife will not let me clean the guns in the house. She's like, you know, I can put this on a kitchen table. And I'm like, we can wash the—I ki- I mean, you've had gravy on the table. What's the difference? Uh, so uh, it's a pain in the neck, and uh, usually, you know, just cut up some T-shirts and then clean the barrel. Barrel Buddy is out, and it is so simple. It is so clean, and it also—it's made up of polymers. Um, it make good ear earplugs, too. <laughs> but uh, it's a 3D cylinder made of polymers, and it doesn't leave behind any residual particles. No mess. It cleans and scrubs. It actually goes in. It buffs the interior surface clean. Uh, made here in the United States, and it even cleans the rifling in it. It's really amazing. Please check it out, BarrelBuddy.com. You're cleaning your guns. This is the fastest, easiest, and best way to do it. BarrelBuddy.com. BarrelBuddy.com. All right. Stand by. We rejoin the national broadcast in just a second.
1: About to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This
0: is the Glenn Beck program. If you like the Robertson's uh, Duck Dynasty family, you are going to understand them in a completely different way. Um, you are you're going to hear one of the most heart wrenching and yet glorious tales you could possibly imagine. It was released as a movie yesterday. It's called The Blind. Uh, It is uncomfortable. I don't know how the family even made it, honestly, but I'm glad they did. Miss Kay and Corey Robertson joining us to talk about the new movie that came out last night called The Blind. I highly recommend it. We're gonna talk about that in 60 seconds. First, next time you go to the gun range, Don't load any ammunition into your gun. Just point the barrel at your target, say bang really loudly, and then guess how close you might have gotten to a bullseye. Um, Here's the solution to the really expensive ammo. Um, This solution involves Mantis X. It is a high-tech, easy-to-use system that is widely used by the military now. It started with the Marines, and I have Marines that work for me, and they help me shoot. And it's like having one of you know one of them standing next to me, saying, "Okay, no, you're pulling the gun down. You know your your you know your your trigger finger is uh, is pulling it one way or another." And sometimes they'll I'll say, "What did I just do wrong?" And they're like, "Oh no, no, I wasn't looking." Mantis X always is looking. Twenty minutes of using Mantis X and ninety-four percent of shooters improve. You put it on the barrel, whether you're dry firing or you're active uh, live fire, uh, it will it will show it on through Bluetooth on your phone or on your iPad, and you'll see exactly what you're doing and the way to fix it. It's so great, and it's going to save you a lot of money. It's MantisX.com, MantisX.com. Miss K. Welcome to the program. How are you?
2: Thank you. I'm fine.
0: It is so good to have you. And, uh, Corey, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Thank
2: you. Thanks so, for having us.
0: Um, so, I'm so glad to have you guys on. I know you guys are uh, busy doing kind of a virtual tour here for the uh, movie, which came out last night. I have to tell you, I I think, I said this when I watched the movie, officially, I think we have broken the code of good conservative and Christian movies. They've been bad for so long. This I think is the the straw that breaks the camel's back. This is really high quality. So thank you for thank that. You. So well,
3: thank you. That's a great moment. um
0: Miss um, Kay, I, I, I have to tell you, I I mean I don't know how Phil could sit through that film. It, it is, there's stuff in this. Yeah, He
2: film. had a hard time.
0: Yeah, I bet he did. I bet he had a really hard time. Um, why would you make this movie? It's about his alcoholism, you know, uh, affairs are alluded to and, and everything else. I mean, it, he, he yeah. looks like a really bad guy in this.
2: He's a bad boy in this. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he said it was just so embarrassing now to look at it. But we did the whole thing to help people, and we already have words of coming back of uh, things that are happening good, or because they did see the movie. And I know of one marriage that was just to be in divorce, and they now the Christian counselors oh. to have uh, decided to save their marriage because they saw our movie.
0: Well, I will tell you, I think, because as I was watching it, it is, I think it's easier to, I mean, this is the theory behind AA. It's easier for somebody who's living the life of a dirtbag like I I was at one point. Um, and, you know, the goody, goody two-shoes people come up to you all the time and they'll say, you know, it doesn't have to be this hard. And you're like, yeah, really, try it on. But somebody who has really been at the bottom to be able to say, no, it doesn't have to be this way. And everything you believe about yourself and the world, it's not true. It's a lie. And all you need to do is just surrender all of that stuff. Uh, I, I think yeah. this is going to do remarkable good um, in in the world. Um, so who, how was this formulated and, and who... Who wrote it and was it just a series of interviews? How accurate is it?
3: Well, yeah, at the very beginning it says, it starts out saying this is a true story because it's not just based on a true story, it's actually a true story because Bill and Kay are alive and we were able to just have them tell their story and they told it over and over again throughout their life and we've seen the impact of them telling their story on people's lives from just sitting on the couch around the dinner table And how it has truly transformed people with the story of Jesus. Because whenever God came into this family's life, everything changed. And that exactly what you said is really the message is that there's no one that's too far gone. And I do think people can discount themselves and think, oh, I'm out because my life looks like this. But this is a message that, like, no, like, God can come into your life and everything can change if you, like you said, surrender. There is kind of a thing throughout the film of still searching for, like, Mm-hmm. freedom in these places, when he realizes and experiences true freedom, and he says, I had to come to the end of myself to find the beginning of God, and that's when he finds true freedom. And that's available to everyone, no matter how far you've gone down that road of um, of self-disruption, really. But um, yeah, so our partner in our project, Tread Lively, is Zach Dasher, who's actually a cousin. And his mom was portrayed in the film as Aunt Jan, and she was the one who never gave up on Bill. She believed him, in him from the beginning, and we um, actually show at the end of the film a picture of her and that she said from day one. She said, "If you convert Bill, if Bill turns to Jesus, he will turn thousands to Jesus." So she just knew it. She believed in him even when he was at his worst. And so Zach is our production partner and. And that's his mom. So this is as much her story as it is going K's story. And we just kind of came together to tell great stories and tell stories of hope and faith. and um,
0: So, so Miss K
3: in this world and wanted to tell this first. Yes.
0: Miss K, your first breakup with Phil, describe that. And then what brought you back together? Why would you take him back?
2: Well, first, you know that I lived in this life for 10 years. Uh, is how long he was uh, the bad bad boy as I call him and uh, but what what I try to tell everybody it came a lot because I, I lived as much with my grandmother as I did at home because my parents were in the grocery store and they were working all the time and my grandmother continually told me lessons lessons of marriage fighting for your marriage she told me ways to live she told me about that you love God and, and be humble. She told me about that. Uh, one day you'll think I'm not going to make it, and and yet God can get you through anything. And when she said for oh, your married, I said, Well, I'm not going to have to do that. I'm going to pick out a good man, you know. And here we go, and we're going to live happily ever after. And I knew when the and it's really funny because I only told Phil this recently that the first time I ever saw him. I thought, you know, that's who I'd like to marry. I never told him that my whole life, but I told him recently that I did think that. And uh, as it came out, and, and we actually didn't even, another girl set us up kind of on a blind date. And uh, well, we were walking each other off the football field and she just said it all up. Like she told him that I wanted him to walk me off. I was a cheerleader. He was a football player. And she told him that the little cheerleader, my name, wanted uh, uh, to walk me off the field. And vice versa, she told me he wanted me to walk him off the field. We didn't even do that together. this girl, older, upper class, decided we belonged together. That, that's funny, isn't it?
0: Our, our connection is so bad. We're we're getting some of it uh, a little garbled. Um when did you realize that Phil had a problem with alcohol? Because you guys were I didn't know this. You were childhood you know friends and sweethearts. So yes,
2: at, it was in college he had a football scholarship to Louisiana Tech, and it was his first year in college. Uh, and what happened? most of the college athletes were not married. There was only a small percentage of work and what they would do is take them and put them in the dorm and they would actually live in the dorm for like a month at a time because they wanted all their concentration to be on football right and what happened was Phil would run around with the unmarried college football players mhm and that's when I started to change
0: um you know as i'm i'm watching this um spiral and the way that you handled it with such uh, grace and patience. I I mean, that's extraordinary. Was that also just God?
2: It was God and my grandmother. Thank you. It was. She talked to me so much about patience. She talked to me about things were not going to be good all the time. She really prepared me. How do you? And I'm sad that people don't have that.
0: Yes. When, you know, the main theme of this, which I think is so great, is forgiveness. That's, that's the whole message here. And forgiveness comes from God, and we don't usually deserve it. Um, and right. it comes free from God for us. But I saw, I want to play a clip. This is, uh, this is Phil on a podcast recently now, this is years, decades after all of this stuff happened. And, and listen how emotional he gets. He was an atheist
2: up to the last two or three months of his life, changed his mind. God said, cut it, cut it thin.
0: I mean, here he's. He's crying about transformation. Um, Many people have a hard time forgiving themselves, even if God has already forgiven them. But there are tons of people that have been wronged by people. And your story, oh, my gosh, wronged over and over and over again. How do you forgive the person who has wronged you?
2: I did it. I, I feel like that my grandmother taught me how to forgive and she taught me so many lessons about it that it just, for me, I just knew, I I, I didn't understand why I seemed to be a person that could forgive so much easier than other people. Mm. But the only thing I can tell you is, you know, the Bible tells about older people telling the younger women, you know, in that case and I know that the lessons she talked about, the things we talked about, I think that really helped me because she told me about hard times she had, and how, and I said, "Well, how did you just keep living like that?" And she said, "Because I knew that I had to forgive to go on." And there were just so many lessons she taught me, and I think they really took. Now, I was not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but, you, but I, I did understand from her so much about forgiveness and so much about making a marriage work. And she said, when you marry, it's for life. Yeah, It's you and him for life. Right. And she said, you don't think it will be anything but that. And uh, she, I said, well, other people talk about, and she said, I know. She called it the D word, not the cuss word, but, you know, yeah. words. And she said, you won't talk about that. That's not going to be in your vocabulary. You yep. just have to say, this is a vow to God for life. Th-
0: that and that's is, the
2: way you look at it. Yeah. I, was, I was 13, I was 11, 12, 13, 14 years old when you to tell me all this. Even younger, but I doubt I remember that.
0: I will tell you that that is the, uh, the words that my wife gave me when I asked for a prenup. And she said, I'm not marrying you. And I said, "Why?" And she said, "Because I'm not going to plot the end of my marriage. There is no such thing as divorce. We marry, we're married forever, and we work it out. And it is that is the secret, really, for me. That has been the secret, Corey. Real quick, because the 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 movie is so well done, and I know that you're the co-owner of Tread Lively Productions. What are you going to do with this production company?" Um, and what is its future?
3: Yeah, well, it was really after that Dynasty. I think their Dynasty kind of opened our eyes to the power of entertainment and yeah. the way it's shaping our culture. It was, you know, we had people come up because we had this little prayer at the end and uh, people come up and saying like, oh, our family sits on and prays together because of your show or our our, our, um you know my husband goes to church because he sees real men who love god or just the impact of that little thing that we did on that show and also the fun you know the joy of the show and the fun of family um joy to people's life if we kind of realized the impact for positive and then also the impact for the other side as well and how entertainment is shaping us and shaping our culture and we just felt like you know we um, God put us in this space, and so we should be a light in this in this space and the darkness that may be the entertainment world. And we wanted to do more of that. And um, yeah, Form Tread Lively, and our we have a lot of new projects coming up. But ultimately, all of our projects, the hope is, it's just that it's uplifting to culture. Yeah. There are hope fields. They're positive they're faith friendly and family friendly and um i just think we need more of that in the world so we're gonna we're gonna
0: do it well i will tell you i think you have unlocked something here in the blind this is a fantastic true story um it's not preachy it's so well done so well acted i mean congratulations a great great movie and i wish you Thank all the you. success I, I
2: told,
3: I told Okay, before we got
0: on, that was that
2: we were the number one movie last night in the nation. So ah. that's good news. She made me cry.
0: Congratulations. Congratulations. God bless you guys. We'll talk again. Thank, Thank you. you, Thank you. So you, much. you Bye-bye. Um you by the way, you can see Unashamed on Blaze TV. Uh, Phil is on it. They've been talking about this. Um the The Blind is the name of the movie. It is so good. I I can highly, highly recommend this. Um, The blind. All right. Let me tell you about uh, the tragedy of 9-11. We all know the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. You may not know. They rose like a phoenix from the ashes, and they've been promising to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. And these are the people who put their life on the line for us every single day to protect our country and to protect our communities, whether they're soldiers or they're police officers. I want to tell you about Sergeant Dustin Del Monte. He's from Bristol, Connecticut, fatally shot in a domestic violence incident. He left behind two children and a wife that was pregnant with their third child. Thanks to your generosity and those like you, Tunnel Towers paid the mortgage on the Del Monte family home, helping to lift their financial burden. His loved ones mourned. This decorated officer was buried and they... We're welcoming the miracle of a newborn child into their family at the same time. These families can be destroyed. The last thing you want to have them worry about is how, where are we going to live? Over 95 cents of every dollar donated goes to these programs. They are a fantastic charity. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. Ten seconds, station ID.
1: Uh didn't you see uh i i think there's a um uh the movie you saw the what was it called again the the creator the creator is, is there like now going to be this ai is every movie going to be about ai do you remember like in like the mid 90s every movie was about the internet yeah <laughs> do you remember that
0: yeah and <laughs> i think uh i think it's going to be about ai and soon it'll all be created by ai yeah we'll be watching movies about ai done by AI
1: well I wanted to ask you about that because it, the it's interesting you see the you uh, the auto workers strike yeah and a lot of people have been saying, well, they know the electric car thing is coming and this is going to change the way that's all done and they're trying to protect their the workers their usefulness essentially their their jobs um, is it the same thing true
0: with with the writers strike in Hollywood yeah it, it, it's different a, a, to me, AI is coming. The electric car is being jammed down everybody's throat. Right. The faster you change things, um, the harder it is for people to adapt. And with the government just jamming this down the throat of the auto companies and then offsetting their costs, printing more money, which causes inflation, and then pushing to have the auto workers make an extraordinary – get an extraordinary raise, that will – Put the company out of business, which will then we'll have to p- print more money to save. And we're printing more money because nobody wants the EVs right now. Right. So that's different than here comes AI and people, it, want, people are going to change. Quite clearly, people want to use AI. Correct.
1: Right, they like do. Whether there are some negative consequences to that desire right. or is another story. Right.
0: But, but Hollywood has slit its own throat. Over and over and over again, they're slitting their own throat. Look at, I used to go to, you know this, we've worked together for 30 years. Every Friday night or Saturday night, every Friday night, my wife and I would go to a movie. Every, every time. I've probably seen six movies this year. Mm. I mean, and it's not, it's just because it's not in my... It's just not off the top of my mind anymore. And and I'm always like, is there anything you want to see? You feel like you're really reaching a lot of time to find something in the theater if you want to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is, (laughs) it's a different world. They're slitting their own throat where the government is slitting the throat of the automobile industry. That's a huge difference. The Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about Natalia. She's a young woman. She found out she was pregnant in fear and in anger. She decided, I I, I got to get an abortion. She didn't think she could go through with having a baby. So many women, they're not baby killers. They, they're struggling. They just don't know what to do. And there's nobody there in, her, in their life to help them. By the grace of God, Natalia's partner's family was praying and she was led to a preborn network center. Once she saw her baby on the ultrasound and heard the heartbeat, she was overwhelmed. She chose life, has received ongoing love and support from preborn ever since then. She'll never be sorry she chose life. If you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift to save babies in a big way? Your tax deductible donation of, let's say, $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network all across the country for a full 24 hours. You could rescue 200 babies. They'll take anything. Pound 250, keyword baby. Donate now. Pound 250, keyword baby. Preborn.com slash Beck. Sponsored by Preborn. Godzilla.
4: Now, sure,
0: I'm one with my boys, you know. I mean, people come to me and ask me all the time, Glenn, tell me about rap and all uh, oh, the conversations we can have. Uh... Uh, but I am not somebody who is... I know this is going to come as a shock. Has, I've never liked rap. Somebody walked into my office a week ago. Uh, a good friend of mine, he said, you have to hear this song. And uh, he said, now, he knows me. Now, it is rap. And I said, get the hell out of my office. And he said, no, just just listen. He put this on. And I said something, and it's not just the lyrics. I said something I thought I would I would never say, and I like this song. I, I what happened to me? I don't know what happened to me. The guy happened to be in the hallway, and he said, "Yeah, it's this guy over here, Zilla And I'm like, "Oh, Flod and I are like one." So he came into my office, and I invited him on the show. How are you?
4: I'm great, man. Thank you for having me, Yeah,
0: uh, It's great to, great to have you here. Um, what a great song. Thank you. What a great song. Thank you. You, not too long ago, were not singing about this yeah, kind no, of stuff.
4: Exact opposite.
0: Yeah, you were, like, way, way left. Yeah, I was and, super left, yeah. I was like, godless?
4: Yes, yeah, for the most part. Like, I knew, but, like, it was, like, turned against. I was completely against even though i could there was like calls and whispers that i felt like i was not
0: doing what i was supposed
4: to be doing yeah and eventually it ended up pulling me towards but for a long time i was fighting it and depressed and like you were
0: addicted to fentanyl yeah
4: yeah how did
0: you i i I remember i got fentanyl you know before fentanyl was cool uh (laughs) i got fentanyl in the hospital after an operation i had it for four days I went into I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. I went into uh withdrawals from that after
4: yeah. four it's days. Super strong. Oh my like, gosh. It's, it's like a hundred awful. times morphine. Yeah. It's like and just what, awful. Like the street version is even more it's not it's not regulated like which we get from Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's like super potent or just
0: it's dangerous. So, uh, how how A, how did you survive that and how did you get off it?
4: Uh so I barely survived. I'm not going to lie. I was, for years, for like, for, for years I was doing Percocets Before that. We were doing Perc 30s, and it was like, like, there was a lot of opioids just going around where I'm from in New Hampshire. And uh, so we were, got to that point, and then every once in a while in the street, there would be no way to get them because it comes from a like a doctor. So then you have to turn to things like fentanyl. Huh? No, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So then you got to turn to things like fentanyl, and it was... Like from that day, my life just was horrible, terrible life. And eventually after four years of that being homeless and having no, like having to find money and do all these schemes and lie to people to get all this money, I ended up overdosing. And like that day I was, I chose, I made the decision. I could either continue, continued on this path, which would be rough. Like, yes, no matter what, I'm going to end up dying is what's going to happen, or I can go through like the, the Phoenix from the ashes, you know? And I just, that's when God, like, I really, really just gave my life to God and was, I knew I didn't have control over things and all I could do was just try and just have faith. And so you were uh, I'm trying to understand cause you
0: came into my office and you were like, Oh man, I can't believe I'm standing here with yeah. you. And I'm like, you know who I am? Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, again, yeah. I know I'm big in the rap. World. Yeah,
4: that's how I heard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. Everyone knows you. <laughs> yeah, everybody
0: knows me. Um, but uh, how did you go from from that and a leftist to yep. here? By the way, this may be the death of your career. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope not. But yeah. I, think it, I think it's going to be the opposite. Everyone I've spoken to is like, they're psyched yeah they're going crazy that i'm on here right now but so my mother was super not political but just automatically default liberal leftist like because that's what it is in black households yeah so my whole life growing up i like kind of was like virtue signaling like a lot of people and like yeah yeah swore i cared about all these different things that actually weren't really affecting me. I'm from New Hampshire. It's like ninety-five percent white. There's like <laughs> yeah. no real struggle. Cops aren't doing anything to me. It's <laughs> it's like I was like going through poverty, but it wasn't like right. I not watch my back outside right. or nothing. So my whole life, entitlement, all that just made me believe that I was just like <laughs> going through all these terrible things right. that I wasn't going through. And so Amazing. I got on drugs and all this and I met my girlfriend and she her family is on on the right side. So that was the first time I ever saw you was I went into the house, into their house and you're on TV. And like, <laughs> it was, I was like, this guy is like, like, cause you're, you're so like animated and performing. I'm like, this dude is like, it was like entertaining just to see. And it was total opposite of anything I believed. Yeah. but I didn't really believe the things that I thought I believed. Right. You know? So just listening, just actually having the conversations, things like that. If it wasn't for my girlfriend and her family, I would have never came out of it because they were like, when, when Trump got in office and all this, I was like legitimately scared. I was like, yo, the world's about to end. Everything's about to be terrible. Right. And then my life just like, it got worse. But then once I started really seeing what it was, it just got better and better and better. And then I was like, first time I ever voted, I was like, I got to vote for Trump because amazing. I've never felt like anything. I've never felt anything like this where I feel, I feel like I'm like, I have hope for the future.
0: So what is your, w- w- tell me about your process with your lyrics and, yeah. and what are you trying to do now?
4: Uh, So I'm not even a rapper. I'm a rapper. I rap first, but then I I like retired because when I got on drugs, I just wasn't, I didn't care about music anymore. So for years I stopped doing music and then I started doing YouTube videos where I just talked about music because that's all I know. And I would just critique music and be like, this is, this is where I think they were coming from when they wrote this and why they said this the way they said this. And it grew really quick. It grew like, I got like a hundred, 117 K subscribers in like 10 months. And I was like, Mm. it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So I uh, eventually just, as I was doing this, I just like was in such a good place in my life. And I'm like, I should just try to start recording again. And ran, I recorded a couple other songs and Grateful happened because I, rec- I reacted to an Eminem song and I was talking, cause it was called Rap God. And he was talking about all these God references. And I was like, he's just referencing a bunch of pagan gods basically is what I said. And someone's like, you think your God's not the pagan God? And I'm like, by definition, He's not, but he's actually not by definition. Right. And that comment made me like, it was just stuck in my head. And I usually make music on Mondays and I just played a beat. And that was the first beat I played. And I was like, I came up with the first bar. Uh, I don't write. So I was sitting in front of the mic, like trying to just come up with a rhyme. And I was like, thank, uh, and I get down on my knees and thank God for giving me the day. Promise it won't be a waste. No, waste. No. And then like from there, I was like, people don't want to hear me rap about God. Right. So I'm going to, I can make the reference and I can like kind of go into my life. And I just got writer block immediately. And I was like, Mm. but I could think of another bar about God. God. And I was like, I'm just going to lean into it fully. And it was the quickest song I ever made. Best song I ever made. I truly believe that.
0: It's it's amazing how when the spirit moves you and then you start to go, well, wait, I can calculate how it just falls apart on you.
4: Yeah. It's if amazing. you try to, if you try to, if you think you know better than God, it's, yeah. it, it doesn't work. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like, it was, it was a um, thing that was meant to happen because I also didn't promote this song. Like the people that I know, Garrett uh, from Normal World, mm-hmm. he really liked that song and shared it amongst a bunch of people. And then from there, people just like started sharing it and it went crazy. And I had never even promoted the song.
0: It's, it's fantastic. I was listening to it again on Spotify this morning. Thank you. Uh, and...
4: I just think it is really good. That's like big words. So if you don't like rapping, that's that's like. That's crazy. Man. This I mean
0: it's I don't not, know. I it, mean it, it's you still musical. I yeah. just I don't know. And I don't like the lyrics of most yeah. rap songs. Me either. You know. Either. I'm sorry. I I am definitely killing your career. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Only listen to I this like
0: song. <laughs> it. You young kids nowadays. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, can you just tell me the Flodzilla thing? What uh, is that?
4: So it goes back to my name was Marcus black before that. Cause my name is Marcus and I'm black. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so okay, good. I yeah, eventually, right. Isn't it? It was creative. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I eventually was like, I need to change my name for content because people are only going to know me for music, even though no one knew me. So just looking at my life and everything I had been through, I was like, I'm ready to basically accept exactly what I said, accept all the things I'm ashamed of in that song and like wear it, as I can't change it. So it's basically, it's me. So I have to either use my future where I end up in the future as like a proof that you can come from a flawed beginning to like, ultimately, cause you don't know anyone. Like if someone gets really famous and really, and you're like, Oh, I love this person. You have no idea what their life is, Yeah. but you could idolize this person and be like, they could be the worst person in the world. But I think that you can turn, you can turn things around and actually influence people because everybody has things that they're that are flaws that they can't change that they're ashamed of that they're insecure about
0: and i have to tell you um the the whole thing about redemption is the the most incredible thing is the thing that you are most ashamed of that you are you have fought to hide for so long because it's just so bad you think yep um becomes like a weapon yeah. for good. Yeah. It's all of a sudden you're like,
4: wait, I. this is doing what? Yeah. It's- it separates you from like the the Sims, like the bots, where people are all trying to be the same thing because it's what works and what everyone likes. Right. The thing that really is going to set you apart is a thing that you don't want to show people.
0: I know. It's crazy. Every time,
4: yeah. It's really crazy.
0: Well, it's good to have you on yeah, the program. Thank you, man. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. Uh, flawed TV uh, is... Um, is uh, what you do. What what is the the YouTube channel? YouTube what it up. Go ahead.
4: YouTube.com dot slash flawed TV and uh, rumble.com slash flawed TV and Twitter. Why, why TV? Why, why why were you even here? How did you how did I end up I, on here? Yeah. How'd you end up on um, in yeah
0: so, in this building?
4: So <laughs> Garrett, again Code of black Garrett, he is a part of like another show that I'm on with uh, Adam Krigler called Bay Staff Monday. And through that, me and Garrett linked up because we both live in Texas. So he wanted me, just randomly, he was like, after I made Grateful, he was like, come on a road trip to Vegas. Had never really even spent any time with him. We drove for 19 hours in a car to Vegas and like had conversations and bonded. And he was like, you want to be the first person on Normal World, the first guest on Normal World and perform? And I was like, I've never done anything like that. Absolutely. And (laughs) from there, like, that's how I ended up here. And it
0: was that last that was last. No, no,
4: that was the. That was like our, for the opening. Yeah, of that, that was for the first yeah, episode. Okay. but now he's just had me back over yeah. and over. Yeah.
0: Well, it's great to have you. Yeah, great I love to be here, man. Thank I you very me. much. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right, let me tell you about Car Shield. Your car exists in one of two states. Either it's a vehicle delivering you to and from places you need to go, or it is the world's biggest uh, paperweight because something happened to it, and then you can't afford to fix it, and it just sits there, and you're wondering how am I going to make ends meet. Look, with everything going up in price, it is already expensive to fix your car, but God help you if it's a computer chip. God help you if it's something you know made in China. Um, it used to be, oh, it's made in China, so it's cheap. No, now it's made in China, so we may not have it for a while. When you enroll with Car Shield, you're getting protection plans that start as low as $100 a month, and it's flexible month-to-month coverage. So you're not locked into anything, but they are. As long as you are a member, you get a price lock guarantee. Your price of coverage will never go up. No matter how many claims you file, it'll never go up even as your mileage on your car increases. None of that. It won't go up because of inflation. Car Shield. While the price of what they have to pay for goes up because of inflation, your coverage cost will never go up. CarShield.com slash Beck. CarShield.com slash Beck. Eight hundred two two seven sixty one hundred. Use a promo code Beck and save twenty percent.
1: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program, my friend. It's uh, it's Friday. Uh, let me just uh, let me just play a Democratic representative from the great state of Texas uh, and what she was saying about uh, Joe Biden and what he's actually guilty of
2: on because he's got 91 counts pending right now. But I will tell you what the president has been guilty of. He has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally. And that is the only evidence that they have brought forward. And honestly, I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child until they find some evidence. We need to get back to the people's work, which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States. And I will yield.
0: Okay, Uh she's passionate about it. Here's where she's wrong. Loving your child unconditionally does not mean that you turn a blind eye to what they're doing. I love my children unconditionally. And when I explained that to them when they got old enough, what I said to them is, if you break the law, I will be the first to turn you in. But I will do that because I do love you. So you can learn. And... I, I, nothing will ever change the way I I feel about you and, and how much I love you. If you're in prison, I will come to prison to visit you because I love you. That's unconditional love. When you, you cannot remain indifferent on what your children do. That's not love. That's the opposite of love. Hate is not the opposite of love. Indifference is the opposite of love what about using your
1: position in life to continually bail your child out of any consequences they might face for their actions well do that you be- get
0: good do you get a cut of things or can you spread it around well, the whole yeah, I family mean, gonna at least take 10 percent for the big guy let's yeah, be honest okay, about that yeah. yeah then that's fine that's still unconditional and you love. should make them pay you about 50 percent of their salary yeah
1: but other than yeah. that that's unconditional right, right? Yeah. Uh, It's fascinating. You know, listening to reports again, they're still on this kick where there's no evidence whatsoever. And they are highlighting this one quote from Jonathan Turley, who testified yesterday. (laughs) It's so wrong. Right. Where he said, you know, I don't think we've hit the standard of an impeachment yet. In the context, what
0: he was saying was, we have reached the the standard of an impeachment inquiry, which is what they have. Yeah, he said, I don't believe the evidence currently meets the standard of high crime and misdemeanor needed for an article of impeachment. But uh, to emphasize what this hearing is not, we are now searching for the truth. Right, searching for. And he said they did hit the standard of the inquiry,
1: which is what they're doing. Correct. But uh, no one is, is that, enough course.
0: evidence to launch an impeachment inquiry. The press just lies to you over the and Glenn over. back oh. program.